Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. I'm Rudy Maxa, the savvy traveler. As they say on BBC Radio, you're most welcome here today. And I felt welcome the last several days where I am right now. I'm in Florida's south, or on Florida's southwest coast in Lee County in the town of Fort Myers. And on the lush uh, winter estate, as it's called, of none other than Thomas Edison, the Edison, the prolific inventor that brought you the light bulb, the record player, electrical power stations that marked the start of what we would today call the grid, and dozens of other modern breakthroughs. Technically, I'm at the Edison Ford Winter Estate. Um, that's because Henry Ford was his buddy and his next door neighbor. Built a house down here after Thomas Edison came down in the summer. We're going to talk a little culture this hour. Well, actually, we're going to talk about uh, uh, about about Thomas Edison and what he was doing here with this laboratory. He was trying to find a natural plant that he could turn into latex or rubber, partly for his buddy Harvey Firestone, as in tires. We'll learn about that in the next segment. We're going to talk a little culture with Jason Parrish, the associate director of the Florida Repertory Theater. And if you're a birder, you're going to want to hear Ranger Tony Westland tell you about a wildlife refuge here that was begun, get this, by an editorial cartoonist from Iowa. Yeah, you heard that right. And since uh, author Randy Wainwright first introduced marine biologist Doc Ford to readers in his best-selling novel, his first one called Sanibel Flats, his books have sold millions. He based his character on his years of living and working in the fishing industry here on Sanibel Island. We are right next to Sanibel in Captiva Island here in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, Randy will join me toward the end of this hour to describe how he turned uh, real life into an enduring fictional character. Now, around these parts, the baseball season is about to start. Well, spring... Spring training, anyway. Both the Minnesota Twins and the Boston Red Sox are arriving to begin spring training here in Fort Myers right now. I understand tickets for Sox games are pretty much sold out. You would expect that as the world's champions. Snowbirds from Minnesota usually fill the stands for the Twins as well, surprisingly. Fort Myers is a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Miami, but a short drive from the Southwest Florida International Airport, served by most major airlines. Peak season here is now between mid-January and mid-April. There are 166 golf courses in Southwest Florida. So you should be able to get a little tea time. Ponce de Leon first landed here in 1513. 300 years later, the Spanish pirate Jose Gaspar decided he liked the nearby barrier islands. So he set up a house on Pied Island. He buried his loot on Sanibel Island. And he was said to have kept his female prisoners, who he held for, tr for ransom, on cap nearby Captiva Island. I don't want to know what he did with the men he captured. The rich and famous began coming here in the early 1900s when advertising mogul Baron Collier bought a 100-acre island, developed it as a resort, and then the DuPont family settled nearby in Boca Grande, and their friends followed. Today, there's a variety of lodging for just about every budget, which explains why more than 2 million visitors come to Lee County every year. More on Fort Myers and Captiva and Sanibel this hour, but first, if you thought only weather inconveniences you when your flight is canceled or delayed... The Wall Street Journal's middle seat columnist, Scott McCarthy, has some news for you. Mark, it's been a while since we talked. Welcome back to the show. Good to be with uh, you, Excuse Rudy. me, Scott. Who's, who the heck's Mark? I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> I was thinking McCarthy. Hi, Scott. Welcome back to the show. Nice to hear your voice again. Good to be with so, you. 
so the last five, I mean, you know, I started the show this week going, this is the fifth week. I mean, I thought after the third week and the fourth week of commenting on thousands of flight cancellations that it would be over. But we're now five weeks into this. But you wrote a column recently for the Journal that said there are all kinds of reasons uh, that we are inconvenienced when flights are changed or, or, or canceled. What are some of the ones other than the obvious ones, which is ice and snow these days? Well, there are all kinds of reasons now that, that airlines are canceling um, because for their own convenience. Um, so uh, numerous schedule changes all along, uh, sometimes even daily, um, because they are uh, coordinating schedules with partners and the partners are changing flights because they're uh, redoing their own schedules because they're closing hubs, they're shifting airplanes around, they're retiring some planes, uh, taking delivery of new planes. Uh, there's just been tremendous change with schedules. Um, sometimes these, these cancellations come months in advance um, and sometimes just a couple weeks in advance. Uh, and, and it can produce uh, major changes in a customer's schedule. Uh, so all of a sudden you're leaving 10 hours earlier or 10 hours later, and you're going to miss a day of vacation on, on the beach in southwest Florida, or you're going to have to change your rental car reservation your hotel reservation, which you made months ago at cheap rates, and now you're going to have to pay more expensive rates. Well, that's where you really put your finger on it, haven't you? Because, you know, we think we're so, well, it is. It's smart to plan ahead, and you can get a good fare if you book ahead. So we pat ourselves on the back if we book three months out for a flight. But then maybe two weeks or three weeks before the flight, we get an email from the airline saying, oh, you know, flight 101 that you were going to be on leaving at 9 in the morning, that's not what you're leaving on. You're now leaving at 4 in the afternoon on flight 202. And that's because, as you say, they, uh, they've changed aircraft. Uh, they've decided to rearrange their schedules. And that can cost you money. It can change. You know, you're going there for, as you say, for a business lunch, and you, know, you wind up not leaving till 3 in the afternoon. You're not going to make that business lunch. If you call an airline and say, hey, uh, you know, I need to get there for that business lunch. Put me on your competitor. I doubt you're going to get a real sympathetic hearing, are you? No, you're, you're not. Um, and those days are gone. It used to be when the air industry was regulated that airlines had to put you on a, on a competitor if you wanted, um, but now they don't. What they offer is, uh, well, we'll put you on another flight of ours, and uh, um, that may or may not work for you. Um, it, it may create, uh, you know, a, a situation where you've got to leave a day earlier or that kind of thing. Um, and, the, and the real problem is um, the airline s says, uh, well, we'll give you a refund um, right. if, you, if you want, and then you can take your money and, and go buy a ticket on another airline. But, you know, you bought your ticket months in advance when you got a, a $300 fare, and now to go to somebody else, the fare is $700. So that's not a real realistic option for, for consumers. Um, there's sort of a, a fundamental unfairness. If the consumer called the airline and said, you know, i got to change my plans, um, oh, the airline yeah. would say, well, that's a, that's a $200 change fee, or on an international ticket, uh, $300 change fee. Um, right. But uh, if the airline says, you know what, um, we've got to change our plans, uh, there's, there's no compensation for the customer. Right. Sorry to inconvenience you, but you get no money. We only got about 30 seconds left, Scott, but let's, let's give the airlines a break on one thing. You know, I've often stood around, uh, a flight's been canceled or whatever, and said, well, you know, they canceled because they didn't have enough people on it, they weren't going to make enough money. That doesn't happen generally with major airlines, does it? 
No, it doesn't, because the, the schedule is they very still need the plane to get the, there. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that plane needs to get there. It needs to turn around and come back with a plane load of people. But what does happen is when the airlines do have a mechanical problem or a weather problem, and they have to cancel flights, they do look for the ones that are least that are most likely booked, um, because that inconveniences the fewest number of passengers. Right. Scott McCarthy writes every, Scott McCartney, excuse me, there is no TH, Scott McCartney writes every Thursday the middle seat column for the Wall Street Journal, a wildly entertaining column. Check him out. He's also got his own blog. We'll put a link on my Facebook fan page, Rudy Max at Travel Slash Leisure. Thank you to all 4,000 of you who are fans of that page. Scott, take care. Nice to hear your voice again. Hope to have you back soon. We'll see you soon, Rudy. Scott McCarthy, good guy. We'll be right back from the Edison Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the top-shelf margarita of rewards programs. As an Orbitz Rewards member, you earn rewards immediately on flights, hotels, and packages. That's right, like the kick from a good tequila, you get them instantly. The rewards you just earned on your flight to Miami, use them to book your hotel for the same trip. If you use the Orbitz app to book, you earn even more, 5% on hotels. So join today and be part of the only travel rewards program that gives you instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbitz.com slash rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. Now here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind. So I go through periods when I'm unable to sleep at night. And I feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24-hour disorder. Learn more about non-24 by calling 855-856-2424 or visiting learnmorenon24.com. Warning, you may experience extreme weight loss using the following product. Attention, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more, you're qualified to participate in an absolutely risk-free trial of an extremely powerful weight loss supplement. It's called Final Trim. To participate, call now, 1-800-910-5947. Final Trim is a proven breakthrough in weight loss. Take two capsules just once a day, and you can experience maximum weight loss, pounds in days. It uses natural ingredients, making it healthy and safe. If your weight loss with Final Trim is too dramatic, please decrease use and only take one capsule a day. To guarantee participation in this trial, you must call now, 1-800-910-5947. For your participation, you'll receive a full-size supply of Final Trim to use absolutely risk-free. Again, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more by taking Final Trim just once a day, call now to participate in this nationwide risk-free trial. 1-800-910-5947. That number again is 1-800-910-5947. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment is brought to you by our friends at Orbitz.com. Orbitz has started a loyalty program that you should know about that allows you to earn Orbucks. 
Those are points that you can apply toward a future hotel stay. So every time you book an airline or a travel package or hotel room on Orbit, on Orbits, you'll get some Orbucks. Uh, it's free to sign up for this program. You can apply your Orbucks right there to uh, discount the cost of your hotel, or you can save them up and apply them en masse to your next hotel booking on Orbits.com. Go to Orbits.com forward slash rewards, and you can sign up for free. I'm coming to you, if you've just tuned in, coming to you live this weekend from the Edison and Ford Winter Estates here in Fort Myers, Florida. What a beautiful place. Sanibel and Captiva Island are about 30 minutes. Uh, um, if you don't have much traffic, uh, uh, out they're, they're the barrier islands right off the coast here of, uh, of Fort Myers. It's a stunning weekend, stunning weekend here. And we are, as I say, at the Edison and Ford Winter Estates. And I said that my guest... Chris Pendleton was the executive director. I'm going to give her a promotion right here. She's actually the president and CEO, uh, excuse me, of the uh, Madam President of the uh, of the Edison and Ford Winter Estates. Uh, for listeners who might not have heard the first hour where we talked about this, give us a thumbnail of what the Edison and Ford Estates are. Well, it's gardens, historic homes, one of the top ten most visited uh, historic sites in America. That's amazing. That's yeah. an amazing number. Amazing number. Exotic plants that you haven't seen anywhere else are flourishing here year-round. So Thomas Edison came down here and had a winter home here. His buddy Henry Ford liked it so much he built a house next to them. They're right adjacent. You now have that as part of this. How many acres here? We're about 30 acres, and all their famous friends and presidents visited. So it's a very unusual piece of history, but it's also, I think, one of the most stunning gardens I've ever seen. Well, it's more than a garden. It's 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 an estate. I mean, we are sitting next to a banyan tree that looks by itself, because as you know, if you're familiar with banyan trees, the roots come down from the branches and go into the earth. Well, this the roots here are so mature that this looks like a, a a forest of 20 or 30 trees, a mini yeah. forest, but it's actually one tree which was planted by Thomas Edison. Planted in the 1920s and uh, the branches look like uh, look like uh, trunks of the tree now. So you have 350 tree trunks in this compact uh, rubber tree that was planted There are 350 trunks here? Correct. Unbelievable. Right, it's correct. all one tree. All one it's tree. It's huge. The, the, the canopy is the right. size of a circus tent. Unbelievable. Right. And then there are these exotic flowers and plants from all over the world. Now, what's going on with all those? Thomas Edison was a botanical nut. He was. He was a, he was a nut about science, but really uh, plant science. Anything that he thought could have a use uh, commercially, he was very interested in. And which is why he built a laboratory that's adjacent uh, to correct. us as well. And I mean, that's a laboratory. All his original vials and beakers and, 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 and rubber tubes and weird machines that look like lays with leathers. I mean, they're all here. What was he doing here? He had one thing he was looking for, wasn't he? Among, uh, I'm sure he was up for anything, but there was one thing that really piqued his curiosity and he was on a quest. Right. By the 1920s, we needed organic rubber to be grown in this country. Because we were he, importing all our rubber. Correct. And he was determined and so was Harvey Firestone and his so buddy. was Henry Ford, his buddy, that we were going to grow it here in this country and we were going to produce it. And so he tested 17,000 plants. I mean, that is mind-boggling. Oh. Uh, to try to find the source of rubber. And this is a great picture right here. He grew goldenrod here to 15 feet, and that actually, the leaves of the goldenrod became the source of the latex for the That's successful where he found rubber. It. Correct, correct. But by the time he found it, what had happened? 
By the time he found it, it was the 19, late 1920s, we had a stock market crash, we went into a depression, there was no funding for research at that time, so it was tabled for about another 10 years until Henry Ford brought it forward again. So. And then a company called DuPont came up with something. Yes, and you know, like a lot of things, we thought that synthetic materials would be the answer to everything, but they're not. Today, 30% of our rubber is still organic rubber because it has qualities that the synthetics just don't have. You so, told me when we were touring here yesterday that uh, the natural rubber that we still use for tires, for example, is used for airplane, aircraft correct. tires, because it's so strong and sturdy, I guess. And, and very resilient and uh, moves easily, bounces easily with uh, the needs of the airplane. So there are lots of uh, uses of organic rubber, and we think of everything coming from petroleum. Are, uh, are our car tires all petroleum and chemically based? Uh, there is organic rubber in car there tires is. as well. So where yeah. does organic rubber come from now? It doesn't come from goldenrod, I don't think. No, no, it's still grown from trees like this uh, banyan tree, but primarily in the Middle East, India, South America. So we're still importing most of our natural still rubber. Still importing it, still importing it. Maybe someday we'll have the goldenrod fields here and we'll all be self-supporting. Just need another Thomas. Thomas Edison. That's exactly right. But clearly you have the flower. I mean, somebody, there are, there are orchids growing like weeds off from tree that <laughs> yeah. are symbiotic on trees here. Yeah. Clearly there was more than just a search for rubber. Somebody was fascinated by all kinds of plants and flowers and trees. Well, if you think of the early 1900s, it was the phenomenon of the great plant explorers. So everyone was bringing exotic plants from all over the world uh, to this country. And here, we don't freeze ever. We don't ever freeze on this half of the river. So <laughs> we're very, very delighted then to have all these plants, these orchids, these exotic palms um, flourishing year round. And you talked about the importance of ladies' garden clubs, uh, which Mrs. Edison, not Nina, Nina? Mina. 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 Uh, that was involved in. Sort of, I called it, after you described it, I called it a shadow government. It was a shadow government. If you think about the early 1900s, women did not have the vote yet. Uh, they were very bright. They were very engaged in their cities and their families and their community groups. And one of the ways they got together was the garden club. And here in Southwest Florida, garden clubs, uh, all year long were a part of how we ran things. And so Mina really was a forerunner in the garden club movement uh, here. So and, uh, <laughs> shadow government, that's a good one. <laughs> well, because they went home and told their husbands, we got together and here's what we that's want. That's right. <laughs> and this is there, how we'll do it. <laughs> was there ever a man in a garden club? I've never. Uh, we have men in our garden clubs well, now. Well, <laughs> you said there are a lot of garden clubs here in Fort Myers. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. And I did because of that but movement. But not five. Oh, no, 30. 30, 30 garden clubs yeah. in Fort Myers. Yeah, and some from the Edison Day. Some from the Edison Day. In fact, Mina's garden club was called the Periwinkle Club for the blue flower periwinkle, and mm -hmm. it is still flourishing today. And you have, <laughs> you must have a, an incredibly talented staff of botanists here, gardeners here, yeah, because th these 30 acres are lush. They are lush, and you know, there's another phenomenon that I think is remarkable in this state and many others, and that is the university-based extension service, where you'll have volunteers called master gardeners who just love getting into these great gardens and working with the plants. So we have dozens and dozens of master gardeners here who work with our staff, too. I'm talking with Chris Pendleton. She's the CEO and president of the Edison Ford Winter Estates here in Fort Myers, Florida, a must-visit, and I just learned that among the top uh, 10 historical 
Uh, how did you put it exactly? Historical Homes in America. Historical Homes in America, top 10 visited. Right. Um, worth a visit. There are people going through. You can hear them in the background going through now. But this is not just gardens. You've got the laboratory. You've got the garden. You've got a great museum here with fascinating stuff. After you walked me through yesterday, I spent another hour here. Uh, I, I didn't know that in, in addition to just one thing that fascinated me was discovering that Thomas Edison discovered that you could actually record sound. And he started by doing it on a piece of sort of wax paper, then he did it on wax, then of course he did it on these cylinders where it was etched in, and that became the first phonograph. Correct. And there was an interesting anecdote in one, in one of the documentaries I saw in the museum, which is he went over to France to show the phonograph to these French guys, uh, I guess big shakers and movers there, big mockers, and one of them said, I don't believe any of this. I think that guy up there is a ventriloquist. The sound is not coming out of that big speaker. <laughs> well, you know, they did call him a wizard. When the phonograph first came out, the publicity all over the country was, this man must be a magician. He's a wizard. He can take something that is a vibration and he can convert Turn it, it into, into sound. Turn it into music and sound and sound. voices. And correct, correct. And the, the, the interesting thing about Edison is he was deaf. And so he, all he, he this. He kept getting deafer and deafer throughout life, progressively and, deafer. Right? And all this interest came because of his interest in how could you communicate without sound. So he wanted to enhance sound, to different ways of hearing things, of communicating. He was into movies. That's right. Uh, he started. Right. They started the first movies. Right. right. And, and and another thing, there was a phonograph in there with his teeth bite marks on it, because right. as he got older, he was so deaf he would bite into the wood of the phonograph in order to feel the vibrations of the sound. Correct. Sort of like, sort of like when you were a child and you put a piece of paper over a comb and you blew on it and you made music. Right, well, the right. vibrations were all a piece of that. So he. And was, when he uh, passed away, what was the late thirties? Uh, no, 1931. 1931, 1931. early thirties. Yeah. The country. I mean, we can, it's hard for us to imagine today what a big guy he was, what a major American figure he was. Sometimes outclassing presidents. So that when his with his passing. All of America turned off its electric light bulbs. Correct. In a tribute Correct. to him for a minute. Correct. He's still called the man of the millennium. Most amazing inventor there ever, ever was. Come see his winter home here at the Edison Ford Winter Estates. The the URL is on the line on to find it online is Edison Ford Winter Estates. Dot org. Dot org. We'll be right back. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the top-shelf margarita of rewards programs. As an Orbitz Rewards member, you earn rewards immediately on flights, hotels, and packages. That's right, like the kick from a good tequila, you get them instantly. The rewards you just earned on your flight to Miami, use them to book your hotel for the same trip. If you use the Orbitz app to book, you earn even more, 5% on hotels. So join today and be part of the only travel rewards program that gives you instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbitz.com rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. Now here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind. So I go through periods when I'm unable to sleep at night. And I feel like I'm constantly running but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24-hour disorder. Learn more about non-24 by calling 855-856-2424 or visiting learnmorenon24.com.
participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. It is 33 minutes after the hour. Coming to you this weekend, it's a special edition of Rudy Max's World from Fort Myers, Florida, near Sanibel and Captiva Islands, from the Edison Ford Winter Estates. This is where Thomas Edison and his buddy Henry Ford had houses next to each other, and this is 30 acres of an amazing museum to come, well, 30 acres of plants and flowers that thousands of them that Thomas Edison collected from around the world and his laboratory is here as well and a great museum do come by if if you can in January of 2012 when the local theater here in Fort Myers called the Florida Repertory Theater uh, staged uh, God of Carnage the T Terry Teachout who is uh, the very well-known Wall Street Journal um, drama critic said the production was as, quote, as good as Broadway. He said, make haste to Fort Myers where the weather is warm and the theater is fine. Well, I can attest to the weather, and Jason Parrish can attest to the theater as the associate director of the Florida Repertory Theater. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rudy. Now, this uh, arcade theater has some history involving Thomas Edison, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the story goes it was, it was built in 1908. Uh, it was a vaudeville house, and it became a movie house. And so Thomas Edison uh, watched some of his uh, some of the first motion pictures uh, in the arcade theater uh, when it was brand new back in the. Uh, and I will say, even though we've been talking a bit about Thomas Edison the last hour and a half, we haven't made a big deal about his role in movies. He figured once he figured out you could record sound, he worked to figure out how you could record moving pictures and present mm -hmm. them on a screen. And he actually made movies. He did for a while. Uh, unbelievable. So do you think he came and watched his own stuff here? Um, that I can't uh, comment on. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, yeah. But I do know that he certainly would have been one of the people to, to watch uh, movies at the Arcade Theater when it was in its in its prime. Yeah, as you you weren't house. here in 1908. Where, how long have you been here with the Florida Repertory Theater? I've worked at Florida Rep since 2005. And so before that? So this is my ninth season. Before that, I was a college student, actually. I came here right after college in uh, um, Ashland, Ohio. Okay, and is it okay being here? I mean, I know winter, you're missing winter in Ohio. I so, actually yeah. don't miss winter at all. Oh, okay. Uh, right, you're, I'm glad you're okay with that, Jason. It's beautiful sure and sunny here. It, it yeah. is. What do you, what's on now at the Repertory Theater? Right now we're playing a, a farce called The Hound of the Baskervilles, which is a, a classic Sherlock Holmes story that has been reduxed uh, by this theater troupe in England, and uh, we're one of the first productions of it across uh, across the pond here in the States. And we have uh, the show's original director, who's the only guy who's directed the play in the United States, so he's really an expert on this piece. And um, it's a really, really funny adaptation of the story. So it's three guys uh, playing all of the roles, the men, the women. Um, oh my goodness, that's yeah, a lot it's, of... it's a really, really fun show. We opened last night to uh, riotous laughs, um, it's a we, we, uh, It's been called a barking spoof. How long is it uh, running? It runs till March fifth. Oh, so people have time to come down. Absolutely, here and see it, right? we run. We run six nights a week, uh, Tuesday through Sunday through March fifth. And you said you also had something else going on. Yeah, we have in addition to the 393 seat uh, theater, the arcade theater. Uh, we have down the hall. We just opened a renovated black box. So we are running a beautiful musical review called A Grand Night for Singing. That is a love letter to the music of uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. So music from Oklahoma, Carousel, The Sound of Music. Beautiful. All the classics. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous play and a, a different experience. It's a 120 seat theater. So you're really right on top of the action. You're as close. Uh, close enough to the actors to really, really see and hear and feel what they're feeling. Now, tell me about the building that you're in. This was built in 19... I mean, I have not seen it. Is it a gorgeous old building? It uh, really is, yeah. It's, um... Building. It's really like calling it a building. It's a theater. Yeah, it's a yeah. theater space. It is absolutely... It's, um... It's, it was restored in the 90s, uh, so it has, um... 
it's a it has a very historic feeling to it. Uh, it's a very wide uh, proscenium stage, um, and we do beautiful scenic work in there. Our set designs are um, beautiful and and Broadway quality, and the building itself really does have a whole lot of historic charm to it. So you feel like when you walk in the building that you're going back in time. Uh, but like I said, it was a movie house well into the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, and so a lot of our patrons who are Fort Myers natives will say, oh, I used to come here and watch movies when I was a kid, and now it's been restored as a theater playhouse. And how long does your season run? We open in uh, late October, and we run until early May. Uh, so we're pretty much, there's something going on at the theater every night of the week uh, from late October to early May, and then our summer camp takes over in the summertime, so we have um, 65 to 75 kids come in every two weeks and put on a fully produced musical in those two weeks. And somewhere I hear parents going, wait a minute, that's something my kid wait would be minute, interested yeah. in. How does one become one of those kids who's lucky enough to come down here and do theater? Uh, well, uh, they're mostly local kids. Um, and, uh, oh, they're mostly local. Okay. Yeah, they're mostly local kids. The camp is sort of, it's a day camp. So they spend all day there, Monday through Friday, and then on the last day of their two-week camp, they do uh, a performance for their family and friends, and we sell out the house to their their family and their friends. Family and friends. That it's really is wonderful. cool. Yeah. That's very cool. And do any of them ever come back as young adults? Always. Uh, we um, we're very pleased to say that uh, our summer camp has turned into a conservatory program for advanced level students, and so a lot of kids who start in the summer camps uh, move into our other programs and. Some have actually been on stage in uh, in plays at the Rep that need uh, younger younger kids, but a lot of them go on to study uh, theater in college, and we're, we track their success. and We're very happy to say that um, we're bringing arts to a whole generation of kids uh, here in Southwest. Florida. How nice to hear a vacation yeah. venue that's so active in the arts and, 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 and stage theater. That's great to hear. Yeah, it, in addition to being a beautiful place to visit for beaches. Um, and outdoor recreation, really, uh, uh, downtown Fort Myers is a, a cultural hub as well. Jason Parrish is the associate director of the Florida Repertory Theater, and the you can find more information by going to the website, which is floridarep.org. Thank you, Jason. Thank you so much. Be right back in just a moment. We'll talk about, well, we're going to talk about a wild ref refugee. Rudy you won't Max's believe. world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. Thank you for calling Rosetta Stone for your free language learning demo. Yeah, what's the catch? Excuse me? Your ad says I can get a free Rosetta Stone demo. So, what's the catch? No catch. We're so sure the Rosetta Stone method is the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language that we'll give you a free demo to try it for yourself. Okay, but I've tried to learn a new language before, and it was always too hard. This is a completely natural way to learn a new language, just like you learned your first language. No tedious translation, useless memorization, or boring drills. It even comes in 30 languages. Oh, but there is one thing. The catch, right? You could start speaking in a new language in less than 15 minutes. Aha! Uh -huh. Wait, did you say 15 minutes? To get your free demo from Rosetta Stone, call now, 1-800-337-1442. Experience for yourself the fastest, easiest way to learn a new language guaranteed. For your free demo, call now, 1-800-337-1442. That's 1-800-337-1442. Now, here's something you don't hear on the radio every day. Someone who can't see. I am totally blind. So I go through periods when I'm unable to sleep at night. And I feel like I'm constantly running, but can never quite catch up. But this isn't a sleep problem. It's something called non-24-hour disorder. 
Learn more about Non24 by calling 855-856-2424 or visiting learnmorenon24.com. When a cold hits, you've got to hit back. And when your cold comes with both pain and sinus pressure, you've got to hit back even harder with Advil Congestion Relief. Only Advil Congestion Relief delivers a powerful one-two punch at pain and sinus pressure, combining the power of Advil, the number one selling pain reliever, with a proven nasal decongestant, all in a single pill. So when colds hurt, choose Advil Congestion Relief. Use as directed. Available at Walmart. Warning, you may experience extreme weight loss using the following product. Attention, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more, you're qualified to participate in an absolutely risk-free trial of an extremely powerful weight loss supplement. It's called Final Trim. To participate, call now, 1-800-910-5947. Final Trim is a proven breakthrough in weight loss. Take two capsules just once a day, and you can experience maximum weight loss, pounds in days. It uses natural ingredients, making it healthy and safe. If your weight loss with Final Trim is too dramatic, please decrease use and only take one capsule a day. To guarantee participation in this trial, you must call now, 1-800-910-5947. For your participation, you'll receive a full-size supply of Final Trim to use absolutely risk-free. Again, if you need to lose 30 pounds or more by taking Final Trim just once a day, call now to participate in this nationwide risk-free trial. 1-800-910-5947. That number again is 1-800-910-5947. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you here with me. I'm joined by a real live National Wildlife Refuge Ranger. Her name is Ranger Tony Westland, and she introduced me to the JN Ding Darling. It's called the Ding Darling National Wildlife Reserve. And that's a weird name. In fact, when I heard I was going to be visiting the Ding Darling Reserve, I, I didn't know what that was. In a nutshell, what's your elevator speech on what the Ding Darling Reserve is, Tony? Well, first of all, people think when they hear ding, it must be a bird because we're well known for our 245 different species of birds that come throughout the year. But ding was actually the nickname of an Iowa-based cartoonist, right? Yeah, he was born in Norwood, Michigan. His name is Jay Norwood Ding Darling, and he was an editorial cartoonist. He loved the environment. He loved politics, but he spent most of his life in, in Des Moines at the register there where he drew editorial cartoons, and it was syndicated across the country but he got his message out through his cartoons he loved art he loved wildlife he loved hunting and he and came he, here did he come here on holiday and go snowbird yeah so he was a snowbird like a lot of the people that come down here to enjoy our beautiful weather and he had a house up on captiva the house still exists and um, he wanted to set the wildlife aside, the, the National Wildlife Refuge. So it was actually the Sanibel National Wildlife Refuge first mm-hmm. in 1945, and then it was renamed in his honor back in 1967. And I went on an open tram and saw more birds, exotic birds, than I've ever seen in my life through these mangroves, incredible mangroves. I gather there are crocodiles there. I didn't see any on mine my drive through but I gather they're there. Yes, so 6,400 acres, and yes, you can take your car, you can take a tram, you can take a bike, you can kayak, you can go by foot. I mean, there's so many different ways to go and explore, but it's traveling through the mangroves, and we've got tons of American alligators, and yes, we have one American crocodile on the island. Oh, excuse me, I say crocodile. Alligators <laughs> are, 
are more Florida, right? Yes. And this is you. You are with the Fish and Wildlife Service, so this I is am. a fi National Fish and Wildlife Service uh, uh, property. Yes. So uh, it's a national wildlife refuge, and we have 561 all over the country. And this one has a great museum. We but, do. Uh, but clearly, from driving out, it's clearly birders who are, who are fanatics about birds. This is this must be Valhalla for them. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple species that you can only see here, like the secretive mangrove cuckoo that people come from all over to see. But Give me the, some other varieties that I wouldn't know, but birders would go, well, whoa! The, I mean, the cuckoo is the most sought after that everyone wants really? to see. But that roseate spoonbill, the pink ones, I'm sure you saw them we while did. you were here. And our largest bird, the white pelican that Beautiful. travels, you know, 1,500 miles, our true snowbird to come nine-foot wingspan. I mean, it just on and on. 245, there's something for everyone. And uh, give me two more birds. There, were, there was one, there was one, the blue heron, was it? Um, we've got beautiful the great blue heron that's found in most states, but the little blue heron, um, the reddish egret. It's a beautiful bird that it kind of kind of does what we call a drunken dance, but it throws its wings out, yes, creates a canopy. Yes, I saw that thing. And it falls all over, and then as the fish come to him, it spears the fish, so it, it's It spreads exciting. its wings to create a shade yes. canopy, which fish think is a safe place to be, so they come under the shaded wings. Exactly. And then, and then he does... He, he, he has lunch. Yeah, it's called canopy feeding. So it's really fun, and they all feed in different ways and different shaped bills. Um, it's a really fun place. And and three different kind of mangrove trees, just fascinating. Uh, I, well, we're going to put a link to Great. the uh, JN, the Ding Darling National Wildlife Refuge, because the URL is a little long. We're going to put it right now at uh, Rudy Max uh, Travel Leisure. That's my Facebook fan page, so people can come visit and ask for Tony when you get there. If you'll, she'll <laughs> be there. She'll probably be out there because you you were everywhere. I thought there yes. were three of you while I was there. And don't and don't miss the museum as well. Yeah. So the Ding Darling Education Center is free and it's open daily. And this time of year, it's open from nine to five. Free coloring books to give out to kids, brochures. We've got a great nature gift shop, a video. Um, we can you can earn a junior refuge badge, which we should have had you earn. So you fly into uh, Fort Myers, you go to Sanibel Island, and there it is. Now we have uh, right behind you, Tony. There's a, an array here of high school students from Gaither, uh, Gaither High School in Tampa, Florida, who are visiting the, uh, uh, the estate here. And uh, this happens to be a big weekend in town. There's going to be a big parade here tonight because this would be the 167th birthday week of, of uh, Mr. Edison, Thomas Edison himself. And you all volunteered to sing Happy Birthday. Go, give, it, give us a little rendition, here you guys. Go, guys. Ready? Happy Birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday Thomas Edison, happy birthday to you. Wow, wow, fabulous, thank you guys. Gator High School in Tampa, stopping in here. Listen, we got a lot of people to thank Chris Pendleton here, Lisa, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chris Pendleton, the president and CEO of the Edison Ford Winter Estates, for putting me here. All our guests, Nancy Hamilton is a big, big help. Jerry Heckerman is our engineer. Jeff Ryder is my engineer. And Janet DeAcevita McDonald is my executive producer. I'm Rudy Max. We'll see you next weekend. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com.
To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. You know, one of the joys of doing live radio is, for example, being here at the uh, Edison Ford Winter Estates and finding that a group from high school, a chorus, is here, and they could sing happy birthday to Thomas Edison because this would be his 167th birthday. The other joy of doing live radio is signing off for the hour when you still have one more segment to go. I did this last week, and I don't know what's with me in the fourth segment of the hour. We, we are delighted to have one more segment. I'm delighted to be joined by a best-selling author. He's local, locally here in Fort Myers and Sanibel and Captiva Island, a very well-known figure, uh, not only because he has some restaurants, but also because, mainly because he's an author. His name is Randy Wayne, Wayne White. And his first novel was Sanibel Flats. And in there, he, in that book, in that novel, he introduced his, uh, his character, an enduring character, uh, named Doc Ford. And if you come to uh, Sanibel Island and to Fort Myers, you'll find a Doc Ford's Rum Bar and Grill, where I had lunch the other day. And uh, Doc Ford has made more appearances in Randy Wayne Wright's novels. And he is on the phone with us, even though he's local, because he's working on another book. I'm so sorry, Randy, that you have to write. I know about that stuff. Rudy, Rudy, Max of the Savvy Traveler, Savvy Traveler, welcome to the to the Magic Coast. Uh, well, nice not, to be I'm, here. I'm, I'm not sorry. I have to write, but that's what I do. And actually, right now I'm sitting out by the pool because I knew you were going to call, and uh, it's great to talk to you. Well, it's nice to talk to you as well. And I know from reading the back of the menu at Doc Ford's Rum Bar and Grill that your character, Doc Ford, really grew out of your experience as a, as a fisherman. Uh, here off 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 the uh, uh, islands, right? Yeah, I was a light tackle fishing guide, Sanibel Island at Tarpon Bay, for more than 13 years. I did more than 3,000 charters. I was on the water more than 300 days a year. Took out folks from all over the country, a lot of folks from Minnesota, New York, etc. And uh, uh, what a hoot now to be able to come as clo- closely as I can to capturing those uh, experiences on paper through the Doc Ford novels. Well, the logical question is, so you're, you're a professional guide and fisherman. How, how did you convert from that uh, into that wretched art of writing? <laughs> what well, what, uh, for what terrible thing reason. happened in your life? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know we have similar backgrounds. You, you write for National Geographic. Uh, uh, Traveler, I used, to write, yeah. I used to write for National Geo Adventure, John Raskus. At any rate... Uh, for whatever reason, uh, uh, I grew up in rural areas, and I fell in love with books. I thought if I could write a book, I could become part of that magic I, f- I found in books. So worked very hard at writing during my years as a fishing guide. Tarpon Bay was closed to powerboat traffic by the federal government. Uh, I had two young sons, six and eight years old. I was out of a job, so by golly, I wrote a novel. Uh, I miss my clients. I miss uh, the work as a fishing guide, but I'm so darn glad that Marina closed because it's just worked out swell. So the Marina closed and really forced you to spend a little more time at the word processor or the typewriter, right? Uh, not a little more. Seven days a week, and I still work seven days a week. The 21st Doc Ford novel, uh, Bone Deep, comes out uh, March 2nd, just in a week or two. Uh, the 21st Doc Ford novel. And we now have three Doc Ford's restaurants. It's been amazing, Rudy. Unbelievable, and you uh, these aren't the only novels you're writing. I know you've developed another character, a, a, a heroine who's, a, well, obviously a woman. That's what a heroine is, right? You betcha. <laughs> and her, her name, name is? Hannah, Hannah Smith. She's a fishing guide, uh, uh, not coincidentally. And the third Hannah Smith, I'm working on that book now. And uh, the second Hannah Smith, a novel called Deceived, uh, just found out it won the Florida 
gold medal for general fiction in 2013. So um, love Hannah Smith, love Doc Ford. I'm a one lucky guy. Well, you are. You and Carl Hyacin down in the Keys. Carl's an old friend of mine as well. Uh, and I Carl look forward who? to meeting you. Carl, Carl who? Car- <laughs> I don't. I, I know you. I know you haven't heard from of him, but he no, does all right. He does okay. But you have definitely captured the ethos and the uh, the geography and the zeitgeist of this place. And if you're someone who loves Florida, loves or like to know it better in Southwest Florida, or you're planning to come down to Fort Myers or Sanibel, you can uh, do nothing better than picking up a Randy Wainwright novel and immersing yourself in in that feeling. And Randy, I, as I, you know, I'm teasing you about writing. I like everything up to it and everything after it. Some writers actually do like writing, and I guess you're one of them, huh? Well, no, no, I'm not. I, I like having written. Uh, the exactly. writing never got easier. I do wish I'd have chosen a different writing name. I'd never set all my all three names together so it sounds like the Elmer Fudd Hall of Fame. My last name's White, <laughs> and it's, if you run it together, you do indeed sound like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, well, or, or Loudon Wainwright. Or, or yeah, Loudon exactly, Wainwright. Yeah. Let me say the name correctly. Randy Wayne White, the novelist, lives here. Do you live that. on Santa Bella now? I live on Sand Island, also have a wonderful house on Pine Island up on an Indian Mound that dates back to the time of the Maya and the Olmec and the Toltec. It really is a magic coast here. It's not just in terms of natural history, but the social history is fabulous. Well, thank you for taking time away from the uh, screen to, to talk to us, Randy. Uh, appreciate it. Have a, have a good season of writing. Really, thanks so much. Take care. Randy Wainwright's new novel, a new Doc, uh, a doc uh, Ford novel, comes out, as he said, very soon. All right, now let me officially say thank you to folks here and say goodbye as I did the last... Uh, what is with me? This is the second weekend and I don't know what I do this. Chris Pendleton is the president and CEO of Edison and Ford Winter Estates, where we are right now and where we're broadcasting the show from. I want to thank Lisa... Uh, Lisa excuse me, Lisa Sabatoni, who's the PR and marketing director here at the estate and Tamara uh, uh, Pigott is the executive director of the Lee County Visitors and Convention Bureau, who helped bring me down here. Nancy Hamilton has been most helpful. Also with the Lee County Visitors Convention Bureau. My engineer here in Fort Myers is Jerry Heckerman, who's brought you all the sound. Jeff Ryder is my engineer out of state. And Janet DeAcevita McDonald is my executive producer. I'm Rudy Max. See you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World. And as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.